I'm news columnist John A. Torres, and welcome back to Wild Florida, where we take a look at some of the unique and sometimes scary wildlife that Florida has to offer. In this episode, T.C. Palm reporter Ed Killer explores an East Coast phenomenon that can scare the wits out of homeowners and cause drivers a lot of angst. I've always been fascinated by the things in our natural world which are, for lack of a better term, unfascinating. But the lowly land crab, which is best known by A1A motorists each fall when thousands are smashed flat under their tires, actually has a unique and fascinating role in the coastal ecosystem. In June of this year, an odd natural phenomenon in the coastal communities of eastern Florida took place. Giant land crabs came out of their protected and well-hidden, muddy burrows to wander around in the land of the humans. While some unfortunately met their demise under a steel-belted set of radial tires, others created quite a stir on social media. Suddenly, land crabs were being discovered inside homeowners' garages, in backyards defending themselves against family pets, and even, in a few cases, crawling across people's pool screen enclosures. Longtime Treasure Coast resident Pat Steinbergs who lives in Vero Shores, a community on the Anima Lagoon waterfront along its western shoreline, couldn't believe what she saw. And this thing was on the side of the pool cage, and I wasn't sure what I was looking at, had to go over to see, and it was the biggest crab I'd ever seen in my life. It was bigger than my hand, it was large, hanging on my pool cage, and you get up close and it starts waving that huge claw at you, and I'm surprised. First I'm going, let's make sure it's on the outside of the screen, and it was, and that's good. Looked at it for a while, came back towards the house, and saw yet another one near the gutter, near the roof, another huge one on the screen, up above my head, again on the outside, thank you God, and uh, decided this was pretty cool, and went back and took a video of the huge one and it decided to go up the pool cage onto the roof of the pool cage and started walking along and I'm looking at huge crab with blue sky behind it and I decided this was an invasion. This was the invasion of the crab things. It did just walk across the top of the pool cage onto the roof got on the roof and you could, I mean, it's a solid thing. It's solid. It's walking along the roof, clattering away across the roof, went into the gutter, clattering in the gutter, and went down the drain pipe. You know, I could hear it inside the downspout and I'm amazed. And I don't want to go anywhere near that at this point because I'm barefoot. But, uh, I didn't see that one again as long as he may still be in the down pipe, as far as I know. I've seen crabs in the neighborhood. They're pretty typical in the neighborhood. Never saw one climb anything before, and these were, which was strange. All along the street, you can see the big holes in the ground that is habitat, really, and a part, just a normal part of people's landscapes is to have these huge holes with creatures that come in and out. I'm the only one that I knew that had them climb. I don't know if they go up trees. I don't know if they just like downspouts. What did they find about my screen room that made it 
sport. Did you did you wonder to yourself like what what is that crab thinking? I mean, is you know, <laughs> the crab's brain? He's, he used to be on the ground. Now he's you know he's ten feet off the ground. What's he, what? It's a part of their circus act. I think it was Cirque de Crabe or something. You know? <laughs> they decided to do an aerial act up there, and uh, they they did like the downspouts. Maybe it's like a a Disney thing where they wanted to do the ride that goes down the downspout. The giant land crab has a range of habitat where it is found throughout the Caribbean and along the eastern coast of Florida mostly. It is unique behaviors which have kept it one of the mangrove marshes most unusual creatures for millions of years. Zach Judd, director of education and exhibits at Florida Oceanographic Society in Stewart, said the crab, although it can live on land as long as 15 years, is ultimately linked to the sea and salt water. With our uh, with our giant land crabs, you know they're a they're a land dwelling crab, but they're intrinsically tied to the water. Uh, you know, first of all, the adults cannot survive without keeping their gills wet. They can live out of the water, but they have to wet their gills. So, at the very bottom of their burrows, there there's some water. They dig down to the water table, and it can be fresh water or salt water. So that's why sometimes you'll see them in areas that are fairly far removed from, uh, you know, from, from the estuary or from the ocean. But at the bottom of that burrow, there's enough water for them to keep their gills wet. And then, you know, secondarily, their eggs have to hatch in salty water. So these adult crabs go on journeys from wherever their burrow is all the way back to the ocean typically, although locally I, I've seen them moving towards the Indian River Lagoon as well and some of our estuaries. And every single year, these crabs make a spawning migration and they, they drop their fertilized eggs in the ocean and the, the eggs drift around and kind of complete that, complete that life cycle in the ocean. And then they, as young juveniles, will crawl back onto land and resume a, a land-based life. It, it seems like the, the bulk of the spawning occurs on or around full moons in, in summer and fall in our area. And you'll find a lot of marine animals, whether we're talking fish or shellfish, they, they tend to spawn around new and full moons because you know, that's the time that our tides are the biggest. And if you're an animal who's releasing eggs or larvae into the ocean, it, it benefits you to have large tides to allow those eggs to, to spread out far and wide. As, uh, as these crab larvae develop, the ocean's currents carry them around and, and it allows them to repopulate areas where, where you know, maybe they hadn't uh, previously been before or repopulate places where they've been over harvested. While some may not view a land crab as a suitable dinner based on the way they look, these creepy crawlers are considered a delicacy in other places. In Florida, sportsmen are permitted to take some for the dinner table. There is no size limit, there is a daily bag limit of 20 per person, but no harvest may occur between July and October. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to eat them yet, but I've, I've heard they taste pretty similar to, to regular blue crab, you know, the swimming version of the blue crab. Uh, they're a delicacy in the Bahamas. I know it's a, it's a big business. Some of the more remote Bahamian islands, the, the crabs are really abundant still. They haven't been over harvested yet. So for example, in Andros, there's a big industry with, with collecting these giant land crabs, shipping them to some of the more populated islands like New Providence, and allowing them to uh, stay in captivity for a little bit, maybe feed them a nice clean diet so they taste good, and then they're sold, they're sold at a premium. They're, they're certainly not uh, inexpensive. I have a Bahamian friend who told me a story. You know, he and, his, he and his grandfather used to go out digging land crabs, and he said they were the absolute sweetest and best when they were molting. And when they molt, they actually sealed themselves into their burrows. But with a trained eye, you could spot where the burrow opening was, and they would spend you know, 20, 30 minutes digging down to these, these molting land crabs. And I, I guess it would be like a soft shell crab in our, in our world. Um, as they molt, their, their body parts are soft and you can cook them up and eat them whole. But he said the flesh was just the sweetest during that, during that period of molting.
Do you have any idea what they what to feed them to, to clean them out and make them taste better? You know, I, I, I don't know, but I would imagine maybe something like a like a clean clean cereal or a grain or an oatmeal. They're they're more of an herbivorous crab. They're omnivores. They'll pick they'll pick on carrion if they find it. They'll scavenge if they if they need to. But they are a crab that can eat vegetation as well. The crabs, however, face numerous impacts. Coastal development. Mosquito control practices, pesticide and herbicide use, and population growth are all taking a toll. But the crabs also face a threat from an unlikely source, sea level rise, said Grant Gilmore of Estuarine, Coastal, and Oceanographic Science in Vero Beach. Well, what we have to, to understand is that ocean interface with Florida is very dynamic. It's always changing. Yeah. And the ocean would change it. <laughs> a big storm would come through, you got to handle it, okay? Uh, and we know that sea level's rising. We have a, a dynamic situation here, and so when we put a, a monument like our house <laughs> in a dynamic situation, or a hotel or whatever, uh, what we have to realize is everything's going to be changing around that place. Now these crabs move with the tides, they move with the sea level rise, and they move Okay, when we put a barrier, like a dike around uh, a wetland, or we uh, put a barrier like a seawall, or a barrier like a house, that's not very dynamic. And so when the tide comes in, or the sea level rises, they don't have any place to go. They're losing habitat, basically. And so as sea level gets higher and higher, we're gonna lose more and more land crabs. I mean, it's just no question about it. I don't think it looks very good for land crabs in the future, and that goes for anywhere. Near the full moon of September, coastal residents will see land crabs again as the females begin their march to the sea in estuaries to drop their eggs. How will that be received by Pat Steinbergs? I'm not afraid of having crabs in my backyard. I just have to wear the proper shoes. <laughs> if you're going to live in this area and there's going to be crabs, you definitely have to rethink your footwear, you know, and I, I keep my dog off of them because they're, they're pretty scary. And don't invite company, maybe. Maybe you, but usually most company would be afraid. And have your favorite tire store on speed dial. I'm John Torres, and thanks for listening to Wild Florida. That was TC Palm reporter Ed Killer. You can follow him on Twitter at T-C-P-A-L-M-E-K-I-L-L-E-R. On our next episode, Brandon Gerard of the Pensacola News Journal tackles one of our scarier topics, Florida's bugs. For more information on these critters and web exclusives, please go to tcpalm.com wildflorida or newspress.com wildflorida or our other participating sites. Wild Florida is brought to you by the USA Today Network, Florida. <laughs>